Hello, hello. Welcome back, Leading Women in Tech. How was your weekend? Well, let me start with a little update, as usual. <laughs> My weekend was um, more interesting than usual in that we had a big storm on Friday. Uh, if you live in Europe, you might have heard of Storm Arwen. Yeah, that landed and it caused a lot of damage. Thankfully, our house is completely fine. Very, very lucky. Um, a lot of people are not so lucky, which is heartbreaking. Um, but we had no power all weekend, and so I am late recording this episode. My fabulous podcast team are still doing their best to get us out on time. Um, and I just, I'm so grateful for having the most amazing team supporting me from my assistants, Lauren and Alice, all the way through to my podcast team. I just, they make weekends like this <laughs> possible for my business. So, so grateful to them. Um, we're also heading into December. Depending on when you're listening to this, we might already be in December. And I am just so excited this year for Christmas. Last year was a bit of a damp squib, right? And so this year I promised myself we're going to do all the Christmassy stuff. I'm getting super excited. First of December, the tree is going up. I actually wanted to put it up a couple of weeks ago. Kind of glad we didn't with the power cut every weekend because we needed to light a fire. We normally put the Christmas tree in front of the fireplace. Um, but Christmas tree is going up on the 1st of December. I am that kind of crazy. Um, hey, like, I don't know if you think that's crazy, but my family think that's a bit crazy, but um, that's a kind of my upbringing, but uh, I just love it all so much. So I would love to know what you were doing for Christmas. Have you got any big plans after last year for many of us in the world? Last year was a bit of a lockdown Christmas, a bit unpleasant. Um, if you have any Christmas plans, I would just love for you to share them, partly because I want to see if I need to be doing anything different this year. <laughs> So head over to um, LinkedIn or Facebook and check out the Leading Women in Tech groups and share with us all what you're doing for Christmas. And if you're in my Leading Women in Tech Slack community, if you're not, why are you not? Go check out the show notes. There's a link in the show notes to the Slack community. You can share with us in there as well. I would love to hear. But let's dig in to today's episode. Being a leader, as you probably know by now, is as much about doing the things no one is chasing you for, demanding from you of, and all that sort of stuff, as it is doing the things that people are actually chasing you for. Does that make sense? Let me just repeat that. Being a leader is as much about doing the things that no one is asking for as doing the things that people are chasing and asking you for. But one of the biggest challenges I see in almost every one of the amazing women I work with, they're all amazing, you are too if you're listening to this by the way, is finding the time for the work that no one is asking you for. The time to do that proactive work, the work that makes all the other stuff easier or potentially unnecessary. Actually, a lot of the time it's the stuff you're really being paid for, it's just no one's making any noise about it until it's too late. It's that strategy work. It's the work that keeps you up on, on a Sunday evening. You think, I haven't looked at that in a month. Why not? I know that's my job, but I've been too busy. Putting in place practices and processes that mean other work becomes unnecessary is part of what you should be doing in that time. Things like preparing for meetings so that you need fewer of them is a very simple thing, and yet most of us never do it. We stay in reactive mode. We show up to a meeting. We react in the meeting and then we go away. One of the things I love to do with my clients is help them learn how to be really proactive in meetings. And actually, if you're very good at it, you reduce the number of meetings you need for anything. I think meetings become a lot shorter, a lot more productive, everybody's happier. 
because you took the time to prepare for the meeting, so you need a fewer of them. Overall, it massively reduces your time outlay, but it's something you think, oh, I don't have time to prepare for a meeting. I've got too many other things to do. I'll just show up. Or I need to go to this meeting, but I don't really care about it, so I'm just going to do other things while I'm at the meeting. If that's the case, my love, you should not be at that meeting. <laughs> Sometimes we don't feel that we have control over that. I'm kind of going down a rabbit hole here, but it's one of my pet peeves. When we go to meetings that we actually don't want to be in. I know a lot of the time you think you have to be there and you don't have control. So be proactive and figure out why you're there and what you need to be doing to get something out of it or change the way the meeting is working. I did this as a very junior member of a team. I turned a meeting around. I wasn't in charge. I just leveraged my executive presence to convince other people to do things differently. <laughs> okay, you can do this. You're listening to the Leading Woman in Tech podcast, where we talk about real leadership and what this means for the world of tech, the techniques, tips, and strategies you can use to become a standout leader. I'm your host, Tony Collis, tech leadership coach, strategist, and coffee lover. And in each episode, I share my best insights designed to make your success not just simple, but inevitable. Whether you're on the way to the C-suite, an emerging leader, or a budding entrepreneur, this is the podcast you need to become a lit-up leader and turn your tech passion into a career you love. Here's the thing you probably already know. You'll always have more work to do every week than you can possibly do in one week. Here's the second thing you really need to know that you might not have figured out yet. Your job is to do the things that move the needle, that make that impact and that big change. But no one is asking you for that, harassing you, reminding you, or chasing you. And no one's going to give you the time for that work. All too often, we spend all day, every day in reactive mode as we level up in our roles. We move into this place of things happening to us and our workload is dictated by what happens to us. We are reactive. If you want to achieve great things, that is not enough. Operating as a reactive mode person is insufficient. You need to be in the proactive mode where you actively decide what you're going to do and why every day is your time to use instead of what's in your inbox, your meetings and your calls dictate, and the direction of travel is just driven by everything external to you. I also know this is incredibly hard. What I'm asking for you to do is to use more of your precious decision-making energy. So today I want to dig into how to systematize more of your work so you have more decision-making energy left over for the stuff that really matters. Instead of deciding what you're going to work on today and therefore falling into reactive mode and just spending all day reacting to everything. But there are two questions I get asked time and time again about systems. So I want to just tackle those up front before we dig into these three systems I want to share with you. The first is, is creating systems really worth the time it takes? And the second related question is, what systems do you need in place to ensure you can lead to your full potential in your career? So here's the reality that kind of answers both of these. Systems are key to a calm, joyful, and highly productive career, right? And I do mean joyful in there. You can have joy. You can thrive. You can love Monday mornings. I had a discussion with a lady about six months ago now, which really stuck in my mind. It still bothers me today. She's convinced that nobody, you know, it's not guaranteed that we can all love our jobs. And I just completely disagree with that. I have worked with enough women to know that if we give the time and the patience and you're proactive enough and you look for the right thing, every single one of us can look forward to Monday mornings. 
most of the time. Sometimes we do just want to spend an extra Monday morning in bed. (laughs) So I really want you to understand that systems are the key to finding this place, this calm, joyful, highly productive career. Executive presence requires systems. Managing crises requires systems. Change management, systems again. All the things that make everything easier, that make your life more productive, that help you really lead as an executive leader who is shining are enabled by systems. Sure, you can do them without systems, but you're not going to manage them all because it's just too much. There's not enough of you to go around. Systems enable so, so much. Everything is easier if you have the right systems in place. You don't want to waste time and energy on repeated decision-making. With systems, your boundaries are preset. You know what's coming next. How to choose the projects to work on, how to pick back up when you've had to step back from your deep dive and strategy work, and so much, much more. One note before we dive into the three systems I want you to put in place. Keep in mind that a system is not the same thing as a behavior or a habit that you hope to build. A goal of spending one hour a day on strategy is not a system, nor is getting to inbox zero every day. No, instead, a system is a layered, robust tool and process that supports your needs in a given area, which is why I'm going to be describing three high-level areas of systems. You need to find the systems that work for you. That's a lot of the work I do with clients because you need to figure out what tools, what processes, what do you need to support the behavior and the goals that you are after. So if you want to spend one hour per day on strategy, you need a system that enables that, that ensures that not only do you have that time available, but that you know how you're going to use it. How do I overcome the hurdles when you sit down to work and your brain gets distracted? Who doesn't have that problem? (laughs) The systems are there in order to enable you to get to inbox zero, not the actual goal of achieving inbox zero. The system is the behavioral stuff, is the processes and the practices that you're going to go through that get you to inbox zero. The behavior of always achieving inbox zero is actually a goal. Does that make sense? Okay, so let's dig into this. I've been talking enough about the fact that we need systems. It's time to dig into the three that I see are foundational systems for every leader. These are high-level system categories, I suppose, that I see everybody needing. You'll then need to figure out how to implement the systems that work for you in your own way. So let's dig straight in. My first system, which is absolutely non-negotiable around here, is time management. (laughs) As a leader, you will always be managing multiple things. Early in your career, you probably worked on just one main project, maybe two, and you're responsible for managing your own time. As a manager, you likely have multiple high-level responsibilities and your time management system should help you spread your time appropriately between these projects, making sure you don't drop any work and help you understand what is most important. All too often, our stress as leaders comes from too many things and too many competing priorities. Your time management system is actually about helping you manage all of that so you don't feel that strain in the same way. More than anything, time management is also about helping you deal with your perfectionism. Oh, one of my favorite topics. (laughs) When I talk about perfectionism, I'm really talking about working on something long after we should have stopped, causing delays in delivery of key work or stopping us making crucial decisions. It's underpinned by imposter syndrome. So if you ever procrastinate and think, oh my gosh, I can't do this, or you end up down a rabbit hole, you went to check one thing and you realize the 10,000 things that you haven't included in this document and you think, oh my gosh, 
I get that one so well because that's me every single day, pretty much. <laughs> what I do have is systems in place to help control that rabbit hole behavior. This is normal and it isn't a bad thing. It is human nature for many, many of us, but it is underpinned by that imposter syndrome. We don't trust that what we have is enough or that it's going to be sufficient in some way. Time management and firm time boundaries are some of the tools you can put in place to really help you let go of perfectionism. It takes practice and a lot of self-love, but it can be a powerful tool for letting go. Side note, if you are struggling with perfectionism, please, please make sure you go and check out my free mini training on imposter syndrome. Go to tonycollis.com forward slash DTSD for a ditch the self-doubt. Link in the show notes. It is just, I, I feel so strongly that every single one of us needs some help with imposter syndrome. It is probably something that all of us experience at some point in our career. Latest estimates are 80% of women, probably higher if you're in a senior leadership role. So don't make this wrong. I'm yet to have a client who hasn't had experienced imposter syndrome when we've actually started working together. Many of them will tell me, no, no, I've dealt with that. And then we dig into things and some stuff is coming up and holding them back. And we we figure out it is imposter syndrome because it shows up in so many weird, different ways, stuff that you're not taught about. Not that imposter syndrome is really talked about enough, in my opinion. But, you know, so please go <laughs> do that training. It also helps you manage your team better as well, because it helps you understand where imposter syndrome may be showing up with your team members and negative behaviors, including things like arrogance and uh, really, you know, toxic behaviors can actually be caused by imposter syndrome. And when you can understand that, you can actually help the person move through it more effectively. So donicollis.com forward slash DTSD. Okay, but back to time management. <laughs> time management is not the same as a bullet journal or a to-do list. I really want you to get that one down, right? Time management is about putting in place systems and processes that ensure you're good at allocating the right amount of time to tasks so you get better at delivering to agreed schedules. And because of that, you also get better at time estimates. You understand relative priorities of tasks and you truly appreciate deep work mode, which I've talked about before. I'm so passionate about deep work mode. And you know how to get into that state of mind when you can do deep work. It's something I now do every single day. Well, yeah, not every single day. I try and do it every single day because deep work is definitely a muscle. And I generally coach in the afternoons, not in the mornings, because most of my clients are in North America, except for Thursday mornings when I take a few Australian clients. And therefore, I tend to spend my mornings doing deep work mode. It doesn't always happen. If I'm working late, I will start later in the day, and therefore I have less time for deep work. But I try and get deep work mode in at least three days a week, more from four. So it is definitely something that you can work on to allow yourself to do more of this work in a lot more productive manner. But that requires you to have time management systems in place in order to enable it. Okay, talked about the principle of time management systems enough. So the second system, as I said, I'm giving you the how here because the how depends on you, but I want to give you the three types of systems. So the second area of systems that every single one of us needs to have in place to be a thriving, productive leader, actually thriving and productive, whether or not you're a leader, but this is the Leading Woman in Tech podcast. That second system, focusing systems. I've got several examples for you here to kind of give you the idea of what focusing is really about. So the first one, how you manage your interaction with others and your calendar. So this could actually also be in time management. I've put it into focus because I think it's about boundaries and not spending 
effort trying to figure out what next, right? So I want you to have really strong boundaries about when you meet people, which is why it's a focusing system. Because if you're always available, always on, always on call, you you aren't able to say, no, no, this is my time for focusing. So this is why it's a focus rather than a time management. But there's a gray area here. I'm trying to give you the high level picture. So there are several things I want you to do. First of all, uh, and again, this could be a time management thing. I want time in your calendar every day for deep work. <laughs> and that is a practice that enables a system. But then I also want you to systemize more of your time with your calendar. So have a system to book meetings in your calendar, right? A lot of companies have internal systems. Maybe use Microsoft Outlook. Personally, I detest that. <laughs> I hope nobody from Microsoft is, is listening to this. Actually, you know, I hope people from Microsoft are listening to this, but I have found it just an awful piece of software to use. I'm sorry to say that on, on a public thing, but I just, I really struggle with it. But there are a lot of other things out there as well. So I personally use Acuity Scheduling. It's very powerful. It's not free, um, but I absolutely love it. it. It does so many different things. So for my business... And working with clients, it works really, really well. But a lot of people will use something called Calendly. If you've not checked that out, go check that out. Certainly the last time I looked at it, it was free to use for like a basic like calendar booking system. I think you can have like one type of meetings for free. So go check that out. The other option, of course, is to use an admin. Check out episode 74 for how to use an executive assistant. And one of the things that they absolutely should be doing is managing your calendar. I actually think that using an executive assistant to manage your calendar when there are tools out there is kind of old-fashioned, I guess. I don't know. I, I think there is a place for having your assistant helping with your calendar, but they should be sending out a calendar link at the same time, right? And they should be the one really managing firm boundaries in your calendar booking tool. So I manage my own calendar booking tool, Acuity, and I will go in there once a week and decide, okay, I actually, in you know three weeks' time, I actually need more time in my calendar that week from my stuff, so I'll reduce my availability publicly, right? That's the kind of work your executive assistant would potentially be doing. They shouldn't be doing the backwards and forwards negotiating a meeting with somebody. No, 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 no. It's not helpful to anybody. It also wastes the other person's time, right? I've kind of gone into that one in detail. As you can tell, it's kind of one of those things that bugs me is the amount of time we spend negotiating meetings. Systematize it. Get yourself a tool in place. And please do not just make yourself always available. One of the things I do not like about some practices in companies is when they insist that everybody's calendar is fully public, as you can see everything, and therefore they feel free to book over things that you've already booked. If somebody's calendar says deep work or focus time or whatever it is, that should be fully respected. If your company is not respecting that, we need to have a chat about how to get those boundaries in place. I've worked with clients who have been able to convince their CEOs that they need a cultural shift around this sort of stuff, so it can be done. It's not easy, but it can be done. Okay, next thing in focusing systems was having a way to call things from your activities. There's an academic coach, because I used to be working in the academic world, so I used to follow this lady. Uh, I can't remember her name. <laughs> If any of you used to be academics and you know who I'm talking about when I say what I'm about to say, please let me know. She used to refer to life being a snowball, running downhill, picking up debris as you go, right? You know what I'm talking The visualization I've got there, this snowball just picks up everything as it goes downhill. And what we need to do is to have a system in place for pausing every now and then 
and getting rid of the debris that you've picked up. Right? Does that make sense? Because we'll say yes to things during the year. I mean, I hope you have a system for saying yes or no. Like, what do you say yes to? How much do you know to? One of my clients, bless her, when she started working with me, she was doing free public speaking like three times a week or something crazy like that. And I was like, you have to stop. I know why you do it. And it's amazing. And it's got you really great traction in your career, but it's too much. So she has a system in place for how much she's going to accept every month or what is the threshold? Where is the audience? How big is the audience? What's the impact? All that sort of stuff. So have a system for saying yes and no, but then also have a system in place for every three, six or 12 months, culling your list of activities, particularly the volunteer stuff, right? Some of us, if you're like me, we take on far too much volunteer things. I'm a lot better at that these days because I have a system for saying no. I also have templates for saying no to things so I don't feel bad and I don't spend half an hour writing it. Perfectionism, (laughs) right? So have a system in place for how you say no and yes and also how you remove things from your list of activities on a regular basis. The other focusing system that I see is a system towards actually doing the work, right? So I talked about deep work mode. How do you get to the point where you actually focus? So for example, if your goal is to write 500 words per day, as I've mentioned, that is not a system, it's a goal. What you need instead is the system that enables that habit to be built. So think about, you know, exercise. This is a classic that people talk about with habit building. And I think it's a quite a good way of explaining this. People will say, if you want to go to the gym every day, make it really easy. Put your gym clothes by your bed so that you and your gym clothes and your car keys by your bed. So that's the first thing you do. It, it reduces that barrier. And they even say things like, do it seven days a week, because actually, if you have the option to not do it, you're then home to make the decision like, what day of the week is it? Do I go today? Do I, I don't want to go today? And all that sort of stuff. You make it something you make non-negotiable. Now, I am not suggesting that you should work seven days a week. Quite the contrary. Time off and time out is important. But potentially what you need is a system in place that means that when you're in work mode, that you have a habit that you can easily build to allow you to focus when focus time is in your calendar. Now, ideally, that means focus time should be at the same time every day. For me, it's mornings. Most of us, mornings, either early or mid-morning, depending on what kind of brain state you're in. See, I'm a night out, so mid-mornings is my perfect focus time. That's when I can enter deep work mode really well. Early birds, they quite often like focus time first in the morning for something like me. I'm quite like, I love it when I actually bother to start work early in the morning, which I don't often do. (laughs) But equally, because I'm not a morning person, I am not able to really focus really well first thing in the morning. So understand when you are best at focusing, that's part of your system. And then put that in your calendar, have it every single day, might require some negotiation, I know, (laughs) so you might take some time to get to this point. And then you need to have something in the way that you operate that allows you to build a good relationship between you and this focus time. Maybe building some rewards in, so good outcomes, make sure you pick the most energetic time of day. Maybe it's co-working, layers, sprints, rewards, retreats. I love a good retreat. Setting the right size tasks, one of the things I love to do is actually getting really good at saying, what can I do in one hour or two hours? What have I got in my calendar tomorrow? What can I actually do? It's not easy. It takes practice. It takes patience. It takes you getting over your imperfectionism. (laughs) But this is the layers of systems that you want to put in place to allow yourself to be focusing, your focusing systems. All right. Okay. 
the third and final set of systems, it's kind of short and sweet, pipeline systems. So here's the thing, you're likely going to have more projects, ideas, priorities, focuses than you can possibly manage. So the pipeline system is, once you've got rid of the debris that you've accumulated, it's about having pipeline of work always ready and waiting for you and always prioritise in the correct priority state. As you progress in your career, pipelining is something you'll need to do for your team as well. It isn't just about you. In fact, I've worked with amazing leaders who do this for their team, but they don't do it for themselves. <laughs> always have an understanding of what's coming, a big picture, as it approaches, make sure you have a system in place with details and timelines. You're able to add in more detail as it approaches. That you have a system in place for what this is approaching. What do I need to be doing? I mean, I, even I have this. I have you know systems and processes for what's coming in my business next year. Like when is that project approaching? When do I need to start? When do I need to start talking about it? I have systems in place for pipelining my clients. You know, my clients typically work with me for six months or more. And therefore, like, you know, if I know someone's finishing, I have a pipeline in place. Like, what do I need to do to get another client in to fill that spot, right? Pipelines, pipelines, pipelines. <laughs> and hopefully from the variety of things I've just described, you can realize that there are many different ways of doing this, which is why I don't have a perfect system for you. It's about pipelining, mapping out what you need to allow you to do what's coming next in a prompt, proactive manner. You should never be reinventing the wheel, ever. Systems are about removing, reinventing the wheel every single time. It's why I basically, if I write an email more than once, I create a template. If I do an action more than once, I have a process I go through. I have a checklist. I try, I mean, I try and automate everything in my business, actually, as much as possible. Some things we don't have the technology to automate, so I have a process in place, and wherever possible, I give that over to my team to handle for me. <laughs> That's what we're talking about here. Okay, just to recap, there are three types of systems that every single one of us needs. Time management systems, focusing systems, and pipeline systems. When you have these three systems, you can remove the need for decision-making energy, repetitive work. You keep that energy and focus for what you really need it for. You can step into proactive mode rather than always being in reactive mode. I want you to spend every day being systematized so you have more time, more room to breathe and more energy. And yes, what I've discussed today is super high level, but this episode was really about what if I had to distill down all the things, all the processes, all the practices, all the systems I put in place for myself and all my clients. What if I had to distill that down? And that's these three categories, time management, focusing, pipeline. They will be unique to you. You'll be able to Figure out what actually works for you when you actually sit down and do this. Come up with systems that allow you to work with no judgment and be predictable. I want you to move from reactive to proactive mode. Be in the position where you have fewer fires coming in every day or every week, simply because you're in proactive mode and therefore you have things in place, which means there is less unexpected. You're more anticipatory and you have the time to put in place the process that means fewer fires happen in the first place. That's the goal here. That's the ultimate goal because fires, whether they're real or not, cost money. Okay, let's finish up with a Legion Mindset Moment. In case you're new around here, a Legion Mindset Moment is an actual tip to help you adjust how you act or think to make it easier to up-level on the topic of today's podcast. Today, I'm talking about your resistance to this work. Right? <laughs> I think I talk about resistance a lot, but I would say a lot of what I 
get people to do is to do things that are they know logically they should do, but they're uncomfortable and we have resistance to, right? So we've got to dig into that resistance piece. So let me talk about why you might have resistance or how that's manifesting. You may be listening to this and thinking, wow, holy heck, this sounds amazing. Let's go. And then in a few days or weeks later, when you started and realized the size of the task of putting all these systems in place, you think, I don't have time and it just falls off the to-do list, right? Alternatively, you may already be in the place of, that sounds great, Tony, but I don't have time. Sounds lovely and all, but really just no. Here's the thing, which I'm sure you already get on some level. Putting in place systems, particularly if you aren't a systemized planning personality type already, takes patience, takes a whole load of self-love, it's going to take time and sometimes a dose of uncomfortable home truth about yourself because you're going to find things out. You're going to find when you resist stuff and think, oh my good, I'm terrible at this. But here's the deal. It is worth it. Every time you feel resistance, ask yourself, what am I aiming for on the other side of this systemization task? How will my life be better? How will it be less painful, more flowing, more fluid, have more time off, more time out, spend fewer Sunday evenings worrying about the work that I haven't done that no one's asking me for? Hopefully you can paint a picture that's very vivid of how much better life is going to be. Then I want you to lean into that and ask yourself, can I afford not to do this work? Start there and let me know how you get on. Another way of getting unstuck is, of course, to work with someone. So I'd be happy to discuss systems and processes with you if you want to hop on a call. But maybe also send this episode to a friend and then ask them if they would like to work with you on putting in place some systems. Then set yourself some deadlines for putting in place a plan and then crucially executing that plan and hold each other accountable along the way. Okay, that's it for today's episode. If you want more, check out the show notes available in your podcast player for everything I've mentioned today or head over to tonycollis.com forward slash episode 76. Until next time, remember, stay on your tech leadership game, my love. Follow your dreams because the world really does need that uniqueness that you bring as a leading woman in tech. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, check out how to get more of my help and some free resources. It's where I take what I talk about in this podcast and really help you apply it. Hop on over to tonycollis.com and check out Work With Tony and free resources in the menu bar. Until next time, this was Tony Collis on the Leading Woman in Tech podcast.